Good evening. Thank you for joining me. I'm Julie Townsend, and you're listening to Downtown Dish. It is Tuesday, and we are having lots of fun so far this week. I want to update everyone on all of the fun events that are going to be happening this weekend and uh, and through the rest of June. Um, Lots of rain. We've had lots of rain, so we've lost uh, the last four of our Friday Night Live events. But we are very hopeful that we will be able to have our Friday Night Live event on this Friday. We have Ben Meyer and the Dirty Yank, and they'll be playing uh, in the center of Munn Park starting at 6 p.m., weather permitting, of course. And that is going to be the end of our Friday Night Live series for spring. Uh, We're not quite sure how that's going to look in the future in terms of... um, If we bring it back in the fall and if we do it every Friday or just once a month, we're still sort of working all of that out. But uh, definitely come come out on Friday night if you have the opportunity and spend some time with us in the center of Munn Park and listen to uh, Ben Meyer and the Dirty Yank. And then, of course, Saturday, we have the Downtown Farmers Curb Market. Uh, It opens at 8 a.m. and it's summer hours, so it closes at 1 p.m. So we're not open till 2 in June and July. And then, of course, we are closed in August. So make sure if you are coming down to the farmer's market, you catch us before 1 p.m. when we're closing up. And also, we're going to be sharing the downtown space with Pride in the Park. And Pride in the Park event will start at 10, 10 a.m. So if you want the best of both worlds, Pride in the Park and the farmer's market, then Come visit us at about 10 o'clock and you can take uh, partake in all the activities of both uh, events that are happening. Pride in the Park will be in Munn Park, uh, adjacent to the Farmer's Market, which is located on uh, Kentucky Avenue from Levin, Lemon to Oak Street. And uh, if that wasn't enough, you have June 16th, uh, Classic Albums Live at the RP Funding Center. And I mention this because it's one of my favorite childhood bands, Pink Floyd. So it's not actually Pink Floyd. Obviously, it's a, a, it's a cover band. Uh, so we'll see how well they do covering Pink Floyd. Uh, but yes, that was one of my, uh, that probably dates me, but that was one of my favorite, favorite bands growing up. I was a little ahead of my time, let's just say. Uh, June 18th, it's not in downtown, but certainly downtown adjacent is the Juneteenth uh, commemoration. It's at the Coleman Bush building, so June 18th. And on June 22nd, we have the Miss Florida Scholarship Competition that's coming to the RP Funding Center. So lots of still fun events that are happening in June, even though the weather is hot and muggy. uh, We're still powering through trying to bring you lots of fun entertainment uh, in downtown and around downtown. And then, of course, July 3rd, Red, White and Kaboom. That's a Sunday. uh, The big fireworks show that the city produces with uh, T. Mims Corporation, as the title sponsor, uh, is going to be happening over Lake Mirror, and you've got food trucks uh, that are hap- the food truck rally that'll be around Munn Park. So you'll have uh, lots of opportunities for food between the downtown restaurants that'll be open and the food trucks in Munn Park, and I suspect there'll be additional food trucks uh, closer to Lake Mirror. And um, hmm, there might be something going on at Catapult. Hmm, I'll fill you in later if I find out, but I think there might be. So stay tuned. We've got plenty of time to update you on the Red, White, and Kaboom event. So that's what's happening around downtown in terms of fun things to do. Uh, And speaking of downtown adjacent, 
Uh, <laughs> I have adjacent to me as we speak, uh, Josh Henderson. He is the CEO of Bonnet Springs Park. Welcome, Josh. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. So I invited Josh here. I'd never met Josh, and we went to have lunch uh, the other the other day, I guess last week sometime. And I was just very intrigued and interested in uh, your story as a person and then it, it professionally um, because it just sort of surprised me. Um, it gave me a new perspective of, of thinking about the park. So just to start us off, just sort of tell us who you are, how long you've been in Lakeland, where you came from. So I was, uh, I was born in a very small town in Arkansas and... Um you know, became a lifeguard and a swimmer and blah, blah, blah. And somehow that led me down the road to a career in the water park industry mm. and then subsequently theme parks and resorts. And uh, I did that for many, many years. And um, it was 2016. Uh, the, I was living in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina at the time. And the park was undergoing a sale and a management transition and all of this. Well, the same day the new company came in, I had a recruiter contact me about a privately funded public park in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hmm. And uh, when you're living at the beach, moving to Tulsa <laughs> does not sound like that great of a, an option, but it was. Hmm. And and so we packed up the family and moved to Tulsa and opened a park called Gathering Place, which was um, it was a huge privately funded public park. And um Subsequently, uh, after we got open, I received a call from a guy named David Bunch about mm. a park that was being built in Lakeland. And so we chatted back and forth by email and phone a handful of times. And then they ended up posting the position. One thing led to another. And I found myself in Lakeland, Florida. And uh, we moved right in the middle of the pandemic. It was mm. July of 2020 <laughs> and, uh, and have been here ever since. So, yeah, that's an interesting time to be moving. I'm surprised they let you it was, on the uh, roads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was my, you know, my wife, we didn't want to fly too much at the time. Nobody knew what COVID really was at right. that point. And so we, my family did not even visit Lakeland. And she said, you know, did you like it while you were there? And I said, yeah, I did. The, the downtown is very quaint and cute and kind of old Florida with a modern spin on it. I like and, that. That uh, might be our new slogan. Yeah, it was uh, It was just <laughs> clean. And, and I, I stayed at the Terrace Hotel. I was, mm. I, I said, you got to stay at the Terrace. And so I, I stayed at the Terrace and walked Lake Mirror and really explored the city a little bit. And um, it, it hooked me. And so we, we packed up and my wife stepped out on faith and we moved here without anybody else in my family ever seeing the city. Oh, wow. And so there's a family. You have a couple of children? Or? I do. I have two boys, uh, Kyle and Caleb, who are 9 and 11. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they were okay with the move? You know, it was a, it was a tough sell, so yeah. I had to throw in some Disney. And, you know, they had lived in Florida before, so I kind of, like, sold them all the great things, that, you know, about moving back and, and everything else. So, you know, there were a few tears, but yeah. all in all, it was it was a good move once we got down here. That's a tough age to move it to is, a new it place. It is hard. But. It is hard. Well, that's great. So you're living here in Lakeland now for yes. two, I guess it'll be two years this July. Yeah, yeah. We actually, we, we weren't living in Lakeland proper when we first moved down, but have since moved in and, and are enjoying it. So so your first two years on the job, 
what what do you do in preparation since the, obviously the park's not open? Sure. So, you know, I work very closely with Bill Tinsley, who's a longtime Lakelander. And, um, you know, it's for me, it's more about planning the future operation. So he's been focusing primarily on construction, making sure the park gets done and done right. And for me, it's to identify opportunities and if we need to make small changes in what's being built for an operational perspective, that's why you bring somebody in a little bit early mm. and then plan what the future operation of the park will look like. Did you have an office on site since two years ago? I, I did. I actually shared an office in the construction trailer with the, okay. with Bill and the construction <laughs> team. And and I think we, we, we started out in the old depot, which was at the corner mm-hmm. of Sloan and George Jenkins, and that building got torn down. And I think we've moved to a couple of portables, and then I was in the maintenance building for a while, and then when the uh, Hollis Family Welcome Center was completed, then my team and I moved in there, and uh, we're we're home finally. Well, that is good to hear. And they just, you guys just made your big announcement. We did. Very exciting. Very exciting. So opening? October 22nd. October 22nd. Of 2022. So we will have a weekend-long celebration uh, befitting of a park of this magnitude and, and the entirety of the project. Well, excellent. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk more about sort of the back operations, because I think that's really interesting. Um, We're going to learn all about what's going to happen at the park on the front end, of course. But I think the behind the scenes is what's going to be the juicy stuff. So stick with us. Welcome back. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. And with me today is Josh Henderson. He is the CEO of Bonnet Springs Park, which just announced that they are having their grand opening on October 22nd of this year. So we're very excited. Welcome back, Josh. Thank you. So before the break, when you were talking about a little bit about your background, uh, you were talking about uh, the fact that you worked at theme parks and water parks and you had mentioned on the break that you worked at Silver Springs in Ocala. So you have a little history of being in Florida. Right? I, I do. I, I spent, you know, a little over three years there and, um, you know, got an appreciation for that nature-based theme park experience. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, so Bonnet Springs is a privately funded public park. Is that is that the way you categorize yes. it? Yeah, that, that's correct. We uh, There's no charge to get in. Right. And um, we're, we're private land. We have not taken any tax dollars to build this park. It's been all donations out of the community. And, um, you know, we'll be open and available for people to come see us. So I think that's sort of the interesting thing is this whole, this isn't your first experience with privately funded public parks. How, how does that work in general and even you know, less of specifically us, but just in general, is that a thing that's happening? I, I think it's a fairly new thing. I, I, I know of a handful of them where somebody has, um, you know, been blessed with means and they want a way <laughs> a to get bit. back to the community. <laughs> <A little bit. laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I worked for a very generous benefactor in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, um, you know, there they identified an, a need to make Tulsa a city where you can live, work and play mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to attract industry or whatever. And, and the, the gentleman had made a lot of money in Tulsa. And so he gave this gift back to the community. And and the, the interesting thing about a park like this or, or that one or, or a park like Bonnet Springs Park, it becomes more than just a park for Lakeland. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, we fully expect people to drive, you know, 40 minutes to an hour to come see this thing because it's going to be so awesome. Right. And so it's, it, I, I always say it's more than a park. We're not a theme park. There's no roller coasters or rides or anything like that. Our theme is nature, but I would say that we are almost like a natural attraction um, just without the cost to get in. So no cost to get in, um, but there's going to be some features that might generate some income for you that are what, – what, what can you say about those? Absolutely. So, you know, people go to a park in, in Florida and it's hot outside and they want to get a bottle of water or they've been at the playground and they're hungry. $16. So, yeah, no, <laughs> maybe elsewhere in Florida, but not here. Um, you know, we, uh, we'll have the Depot Cafe, which mm-hmm. is right in the middle of the park next to the Florida Children's Museum, and it will serve food that's very – um, you know, very much what people would expect. It'll be hamburgers, chicken tenders, salads, wraps, um, the like. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have beverage carts around the park so that if you're out walking, our park is 168 acres. It's wow. huge. Yeah. And so, you know, if you get oh, 10 minutes away and you need a bottle of water, we'll have one available for you. Um, and, and it will be reasonably priced. We're not <laughs> going to be trying to charge $4 like you might see at a paid experience. Um, we have an event venue at the north end of the park that I, I think is going to be one of the premier venues in Polk County for holding either a corporate event or a wedding or family uh, reunion type of event. Um, we have the capability of seating 400 people for a plated dinner. Wow. There's an outdoor kitchen. There's a wedding lawn. It's just an absolutely beautiful facility. And so when we sell food or we rent a portion of our facility – we are a 501c3 nonprofit, so any money that we make doing those activities actually goes back to help offset the operating costs of the uh, park on an annual basis. So you mentioned you're a 501c3. I think that's interesting because when I, I guess when I, before I met you, I didn't know what your background was. And so when you think of uh, a not-for-profit, you think, oh, you know, you're going you're gonna to hire someone who's got a lot of not-for-profit uh, background. That's their that's their specialty. And then you, you know, threw me this curveball with this, <laughs> you know, I know how to run privately funded public parks because they're obviously a thing now. Um, so I just thought that was interesting. What What is, what goes into that? Because when we talked at lunch, you were explaining and it sounded a lot more like um, Bush Gardens, you know, in terms of the operations than what we do at uh, Peterson Park in in Lakeland. Yeah, and I really think that that's where, you know, we have the opportunity to be a little bit different. So even though there's no gate or paid admission fee to come into Bonnet Springs Park, you it will very much be perceived as a paid level of experience. So we'll have guest service agents. You'll see people actively roaming the property, sweeping up with pans and brooms. And so Quality is going to be one of our driving factors in this park, and we've promised our donors, and I promised the board that, hey, we're going to maintain this park. Uh, you know, when it gets turned over and it's brand new, we're going to our goal is to look better in three years or better in five years. And so, um, you know, because we're privately funded, then we have the opportunity take a deep dive into those things and say, okay, well, we need security here. We need restroom attendance here. And, and we can do those. And, and that's really what will set us apart from um, a traditional, uh, what people think about public parks being. So 
the um, typical day at the park? I mean, what are what are the kind of experiences that that a family can expect? It, you know, I think that the one of the cool things about Bonnet Springs Park is we we have something for almost everybody. So our playground, for example, which I expect to get a lot of usage, um, anywhere from you know toddlers to 12 uh there's there's separate rooms in the playground so to speak that offer age-appropriate experiences we have uh, a butterfly garden on the north end of the park or a butterfly house excuse me that is a walkthrough experience it's Mm. a screen enclosure with beautiful plants and a fountain and and the opportunity of people to go in and and see butterflies everywhere up close um you know, we have a, a tea house where if you just want to sit outside and read a book in the shade of the trees and, and this tea house structure next to the spring, you can do that. So there's a tranquility option. And then we have uh, a, a, the Nature Center, the Give Well Community Foundation Nature Center, um, tells a lot about what we've done to restore the environment. So, you know, a lot of people may or may not know it was once a rail yard. And, and so there was a lot of damage left behind from that. And, and we've put um, millions of dollars into <laughs> fixing, you know, the damage that was done to the environment from through various means over, you know, the last 50 or 100 years. And so we kind of go in and tell the water story. And then we talk about pollinators and the animals that you'll see in the park. So there's an education element to it as well. The Lakeland Regional Health Circulator is 1.7 miles long. So for people who run and jog and bike and do all that stuff, you know, Lake Hollingsworth is um, one of the uh, areas that's most frequented now. Mm -hmm. Well, now there's another option to Mm -hmm. uh, see some different sites while you're keeping your fitness level up. So, you know, or people can come out and have a a snack or a cup of coffee or an ice cream. And and so we're really trying to, you know, offer something for, for everybody. And then, of course... Can't forget the Florida Children's Museum and, right. and and what a you know an iconic institution that is going to be when they get moved out. Um, United Way's uh, Family Fundamentals Group is moving out, and so um, again for for almost everybody from toddler to twilight, we've got something to offer. Well, excellent. Um, yes, Explorations Five is now my neighbor, uh, so they're going to be leaving me soon. And I think I told you this story, but I'll I'll tell everyone else. It's just sort of funny because we are literally right next door to the Children's Museum, so we see happy, smiley, laughing children with their parents uh, walking towards the Children's Museum. And oh, about two hours later, <laughs> we hear screaming and ranting and tantrums. Same group of people. Uh, sometimes it's the parents. No, uh, but it's pretty funny. It's just uh, we'll we'll miss we'll miss the laughter uh, of all the children that that pass by our front door when they leave. Uh, so when we come back, we're going to talk some more about the various features that and experiences that you can have in the park, and then maybe you know talk about some of the challenges that the parks had in terms of the environmental stuff because I know um, we're behind where I think they thought they would be when they originally had this idea, right? Yes, absolutely. All right, so we'll talk about that when we come back. (music) 
We're back. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm Julie Townsend, your host. And with me is Josh Henderson, the CEO of Bonnet Springs Park. Welcome back, Josh. Thanks again. So we were talking about some of the features uh, that and the experiences that you can have in the park. And there's lots more. And we want to get to those because we've got plenty of time to talk about all those. Um, but I know that you had mentioned the, the educational center that's going to kind of talk about the remediation that you guys had to do with the environmental cleanup because of the... Um, the rail yard, uh, but Bonnet, the, the, the spring itself or the lake, Lake Bonnet, uh, itself, uh, was, was in pretty bad shape, wasn't it? Yeah. So there apparently, and this is long before my time here and most everybody's, there was a culvert that was catching water off of Kathleen road, Mm. a big one. And, (laughs) and from over 300 acres of land and, and it sent swift moving water onto the property. And over 40 or 50 years, that ended up carving a canyon out of the middle of the land. Mm. And what it did was it exposed eight seep springs that have run, you know, ever since we kind of clear cut the land and found it, um, that water has uh, flowed 365 days a year. And that hence became our name, Bonnet Springs Mm. Park. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the the cleanup of that... um, do you have any history on on what they did? Yeah, so after they identified, hey, we've got, you know, th- there was a, apparently back in the day, like Bonnet was, uh, there was a dam put in, the water level was raised, and then you had the runoff water. And, and so there was kind of some debris and trash that was coming off, you know, as mm. it comes off the roads, of course. And so it had kind of damaged the, the, the false wetland in our property. And so we wanted to build a lagoon. And um, and they kind of cleared the land and didn't really see much animal life, which was interesting in a wetland <laughs> in Florida. And so after we dug our six and a half acre Blanton family lagoon, um, the spring started filling it up mm. and, you know, the rain and, and all the things that go with uh, creating that type of pond or lagoon environment. And after we started, we, we built a huge containment box and put it underground and it traps all the trash that's in the water flow. And then we run it through a series of ponds which had about 28,000 aquatic plants uh, planted in them. And Mm. that further filters the water. Right. And then we capture all that water and use it to irrigate the land. And so after we cleaned up the water supply, all of a sudden we had birds, we had fish, Mm. we had snakes, we may have an alligator on property. And so (laughs) wildlife really returned to Bonnet Springs Park. and, And that happened in the course of two years. And it was very exciting to see. Well, and I think that's pretty telling. I mean, no animals yeah that yeah. that must have been really bad. Bill Tinsley will say they didn't see a single snake. you know now maybe the snakes were really good at hiding, but typically <laughs> you see snakes, frogs, and all that stuff. and yeah. now you go out at night and the the number of frogs chirping at night mm-hmm. is just unreal. so it 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 seems to be, and I'm no scientist, but it looks like a healthy ecosystem mm-hmm. where we have you know predators and prey. The birds are always out there fishing in the lagoon now, and it's it's just an awesome place to be. Well, that's what's so fascinating to me about this whole thing is that it's not just, you know, oh, I bought 160 acres of, you know, flat, already maintained land and I'm going to build this park. But this was this was a serious environmental cleanup on top of building a park, (laughs) which, you know, I guess if anyone can do it, (laughs) that that group of people can do it. And we appreciate that 100 percent. 
but um, it's it's been a while. I mean, what was the do you do you have a, a sense of what the target date was originally that they were talking about opening? I think it was 2020 or 2019. Um, and and having been through this project in Tulsa, it seems that the um, construction plans always hit snags mm-hmm. here and there, and and of course. Nobody's ever built one of these during a global pandemic True. before. So, yeah, they had that thrown at them as yeah, well. Yeah, it was a, a small curveball there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think you have to adjust and, and go through with that. And, and our construction team has certainly done that and done a great job of, uh, you know, either finding the right substitutions because of global supply shortages or whatever. So it's pushed us back a couple of years. But the cool thing is we're getting it right. Mm-hmm. And so when we do open this fall – one, the weather will be cooler, and right. uh, it will make for a great experience, and and people are going to get to come out and see an absolutely beautiful park and and just an amazing gift in the community. So, what's the park capacity? I'm just thinking now, like opening day, we've had so, such pent up like desire to see it in in person. Uh, how many people can you fit, and how are you going to monitor the door? <laughs> so uh, we can fit a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, we One of the products that we installed in Tulsa was a virtual turnstile system that it, it's more than just a trip counter. but mm-hmm. can actually read people walking in and out of the park, and that's how we attained our attendance mm-hmm. numbers there. Uh, we're using a very similar, it's the same company, a slightly different product, but we'll be using the same product um, at Bonnet Springs Park so that we can track our mm-hmm. annual attendance and see how we're doing and and whatnot. So a lot of that stuff people won't see when they come in. Yeah, there's not going to be l- literal turnstiles. No, ma'am. So, no. yeah, because it's not paid. It's That's free. correct. It's free. <laughs> so uh, also thinking of theme park and um it, you know, you you park and then you take a tram for you know three hours until you get to the gate. But you know, you just park and you're kind of right there, right? Yeah, I think for an event like our grand opening, yeah. we will not have enough parking right. on site. So, um, welcome to my world. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 so as we announce, we're going to kind of do a slow release of announce uh, of information announcements about our grand opening. And parking will be one of those. Mm-hmm. And so we're actually sorting out multiple plans. You know, my goal is to have thousands and thousands of people show up sure. for this because it's a once-in-a-lifetime deal. You never right. get to grand open twice. Right. And um, so we will have off-site parking, and there will be free shuttling to get to the park. And we're going to make it as easy as we possibly can for the masses to come out on that day. So stay tuned. And yes, that's, we'll, we'll yeah. watch the uh, – yeah, let's plug the website. What's the, what's it's, the website? It's uh, bonnetspringspark.com pretty simple Um, yeah it's it's very easy we also have an active presence on instagram and facebook um and so a lot of information about the grand opening and all that celebration can be found in one of those three places so some of the other features i know that um my rotary club uh raised some money for i think a slide yeah there's a there's a slide built into the klein family mountain which is the north mountain on the park and it's currently under construction, looking very good. But yeah, the Rotary Club did sponsor that, so thank you. So yeah, you and, and you had other civic organizations uh, contribute to the park as well. Absolutely, the the Kiwanis groups uh, in the area actually became our first naming donor, and they sponsored the Kiwanis Cares for Kids Treehouse, which is an elevated treehouse down in the heart of the park that overlooks the lagoon. It will be available for rent for birthday parties, and when it's not being utilized in that manner. 
Um, there will be some gaming tables or furniture up in there, and it's just a cool way mm-hmm. for kids to go in this treehouse space, and mm-hmm. there's a deck that runs around the outside and uh, get a good look at the lagoon from up there. Very cool. Uh, my husband's in Kiwanis, so I, I'll, I'll allow you to plug Kiwanis. <laughs> I am a Rotarian. You're a family divided. <laughs> Oh, uh, there's so many things. Um, that's another. <laughs> that's another show. Uh, but so I heard, and I, I, I and I'm, sh- I, I've seen the plans, but I'm not sure everyone has. But there's sort of an elevated walkway, right? So Tell us the about the Crenshaw Canopy Walk. Um, I had not been familiar with one of these mm-hmm. before, but basically, you will come off the the South Mountain, which is the Franklin Family Mountain. And, and you walk out onto what kind of looks like a bridge or a deck walkway, but then the land falls out below you. So you'll end up anywhere between 10 and 15, 20 feet up in the air walking through the treetops um, in the forest down next to the Blanton Family Lagoon. And it's uh, what an amazing view. So we don't have the uh, handrails up yet, so I can't take anybody out there, but... Um, I did sneak out, and it was amazing to take some cell phone pictures from up there. I bet. Yeah, that's a view that I would say the vast majority of us <laughs> would yeah, never experience without so that. It's so cool. And and we've had a, multiple donors have donated staghorn ferns to us, so we've hung the staghorns from the trees. Mm. And it just it is such a cool experience. So we're, we're so thankful to have the Crenshaw family who uh, sponsored that feature for us. Excellent. Looking forward to that. So let's see. What are the other features? I know we have another segment. We're about to go to break here in just a moment. Um, I know that there's uh, an, there's several gardens, right, yeah, the that we Harrow, haven't talked about? The mm-hmm. Harrell Family Gardens on the north end, and then we have multiple um, garden rooms that address the five senses. Um, that's probably the most completed area of the park right now, and it's just absolutely gorgeous and um so yeah, if you're a if you're like a plant or you know person who likes flowers and and whatnot, um, definitely the north end of the park is going to be one of the places to be. Excellent. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about some other things you can do at the park and wrap it up, and then recap our downtown events. So stick with us. Thanks for sticking with us. This is Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend, and with me is Josh Henderson, the CEO of Bonnet Springs Park. And before we finish wrapping up talking about some other details of the park, I just want to quickly recap uh, some of our signature events that are coming up this weekend in downtown. Um, If you are following our Friday Night Live series, you are well aware that the last four have been canceled due to rain. So we're very hopeful that we can complete the series this this Friday with Ben Meyer and the Dirty Yank. They'll start at 6 p.m. in Munn Park, weather permitting. And then that's going to be the end of our Friday Night Live series for spring. Uh, Saturday, you have the Farmer's Market. And remember, it closes at 1 p.m. in the summer, which is June and July. And we're closed in August. And then Pride in the Park is happening. So we'll be uh, sharing our downtown space with our friends uh, from Polk Pride, uh, their event starts at 10 a.m. in Munn Park. And if you are a Pink Floyd fan, you should definitely check out uh, June 16th, uh, Classic Albums Live at the RP Funding Center. Um, you know, that's a good time. 
brings back lots of memories. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, Josh. Okay, so let's get back to Josh. Back to Josh. Uh, he was telling us all about the wonderful features of Bonnet Springs Park, which is opening on October 22nd this year. Much anticipated opening. Saw the little cute commercial where you're driving through downtown. It's about time. And it's about time. I yeah. thought that was a cute uh, cute little recognition of, of how long it's taken and, and certainly isn't you guys twiddling your thumbs. There was a lot of environmental me- remediation to do and, of course, COVID uh, threw a wrench in that. So uh, better late than never. Absolutely. It, <laughs> it will have been worth it, I promise. <laughs> yeah, so much anticipated. It will not disappoint. Uh, so you have a couple of other areas that we haven't really talked about um, in the park that I'd like for you to kind of plug and tell us what we can expect. Yeah, so in the break, we were kind of talking about the, the Ruth and Family Playground, and it's a little non-traditional. Most playgrounds have, you know, brightly colored plastic slides and, and whatnot. And, and the cool thing about the Ruth and Playground is it's um, – it's a lot of nature-based activities. There's wood, there's rock, metal, water. You don't see tons of these brightly stimulating colors. So it kind of just uh, blends into mm. the, to the hillside a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and, and adjacent to that, uh, we have Mabel the Mosaic Owl. So it's a, a burrowing owl uh, painted like such, but it's this 12-foot tall owl with like a 20-foot wide or 30-foot wide wingspan mm. that kids can climb all over oh, and, wow. and is, is very cool. And and then in the Ag America Heritage Gardens, which is a, a it's a cool, you know, uh, like what did I saw like a flower garden with a tr- rows of tree plantings. It's very linear, like a train mm. track would be. We have the uh, Joel and Karen Ruthven Train Playground, which is a it's a it's a giant train from Sweden that's very appropriate for mm. our lineage and theme of uh, <laughs> of the park. So very very thankful for all of those and. And for me, I look forward to seeing the kids play. And, and kind of like you said earlier, you know, they're they're happy when they get there and they're sad when they go mm-hmm. home. And so we hope they come back time and time again. You'll be hearing those screams. Oh, yes. I'm They'll very... haunt your nightmares. <laughs> They'll haunt your dreams. <laughs> Throughout my career, I know those cries very well. Um, and then at the end of the night, it's usually my staff crying, ready to go home. So <laughs> it's uh, it's a good time. We, we love seeing families have fun. And so... Um, you know, I think you also asked me about the amphitheater and in, in, in the break. And so right in the center of the park between our cafe building and the um, the Florida Children's Museum building, we have the Allen & Company family lawn. And it's this giant two-and-a-half-acre lawn that sits between the mountains. And so we will have car shows, concerts, craft festivals, yoga on the lawn. Really, that's going to be the heart of the programming and where we kind of hold our grand opening celebration. Mm. So um, for people who haven't seen our drone video, and there's no grass down there yet, we're working on that. But it's just going to be a really, really awesome space that will hold thousands of people uh, for a a great event, like a concert. So, I mean, do you anticipate, I know that could be a source of revenue for you, obviously, and this is a a way for you to, since it is free admission, um, you can basically rent this space to event organizers or do you plan on being the event organizer i think most of the time we'll do the events ourselves that way we keep the proceeds and 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 fund the parks operations with them you know i don't think anything's off the table yet Mm -hmm. um but you know because of our family nature programming will be a very strict family friendly type of atmosphere and so um, you want to be able to curate that. Is- yeah. And, and I've hired a group of professionals that, that do this in their given industry. And 
they're very good at it. And so um, we'll, we'll start that way. But, you know, I say never say never to uh, what the future holds. So I said I wasn't going to ask you any curveball, but here's one little tiny <laughs> curveball is because you are going to have, you said, concerts and things like that. So yeah. what's what's the alcohol policy going to be? So we actually do. We will be selling alcohol at the park. Um, actually, Southern uh, Glazer Wine and Spirits sponsored the outdoor bar at the Ann McGregor Jenkins rooftop. <laughs> so, um, yes, we <laughs> the name we, dropping. I, I'm just I, laughing. I, I got to do it. I know it. you got to do it. I so appreciative it. <laughs> of our donors. <laughs> we um, are. It's just we're not laughing at you. No, we're laughing no, with you. <laughs> it's, it's good. I mean, these are the people that have made it happen. I yeah, want to absolutely. Them, so, absolutely. Um, no, we, we will be, uh, I guess, alcohol friendly facility. Mm-hmm. So obviously you can't take your beer to the Children's Museum right. or the playground <laughs> or anything like that. But um you know, if somebody wants to, you know, if you want to throw a cocktail mixer, then we've got multiple locations mm-hmm. around the park to make that happen. And, um, you know, we'll serve responsibly, but at the same time, right. we, you know, it's it's something that it's part of the community. And uh, we hope people come out and have a drink and have fun and enjoy themselves. And so the you said you have a, a place where you could have a 400-plated event. So you're thinking, you know— weddings and you know corporate events and and you know big anniversary dinners of companies and things like that absolutely so the event center on the uh the north end of the property we we can seat about 400 with a dance floor um which is very exciting and so uh next to that we have the um it's the george w jenkins outdoor kitchen (laughs) And um, and so if you want to rent that kitchen and do a barbecue for your family, mm. you can absolutely do that. And if you said, hey, we want to um, – we'd love to have some beer, or, mm-hmm. you know, margaritas or whatever right. with our, our burgers. You're speaking but, my language. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So the, the park would be the one to serve that. We don't allow outside alcohol uh, but, um, because we actually hold a license that covers course. the entirety of the property. So yeah. we're responsible for that. But, um, again, our goal is to provide as many opportunities for people – um, to either host an event, whether it's a wedding or a corporate event or, you know, whatever in the park, we'd like to say yes to that. And so we're, we'll be as flexible as we can be. And, um, you know, we're probably not priced for everybody, but mm-hmm. um, we will try, you know, if you can't afford to rent the event center, maybe we have an alternative uh, location in the park for you. So are there smaller pavilions like that sort of off like, oh, we're just going to go have a 20-person kids' birthday party in a pavilion. Is there Absolutely. an opportunity for that? You know, well, the, obviously the Kiwanis Cares for Kids Treehouse would mm-hmm. be the perfect opportunity right. for that. But let's just say you have a business meeting for 20. Well, we have an upstairs boardroom in the Halls Family Welcome Center that we will rent out for that type of event. And then we can bring in a caterer. Mm-hmm. Or we can, you know, serve, you know, coffee, you know pastries and coffee or, right. or whatever that is. So there, there's, I, I think that there's a myriad of opportunities. Interest level has been very high to despite mm-hmm. us not marketing at all. Right. So we're we're optim- optimistic mm-hmm. that the uh, community is going to support us by renting these different facilities out and, and coming out and enjoying the park. So we have less than two minutes, but I really wanted to ask you, and, and maybe you don't know this yet because I don't know how it relates to your experience in Tulsa, but what are what are the impacts, what do you think the impacts on the entire city are going to be you know, from I, this park. I, I've talked a lot about this. I would love to see us become a, a, a tourist attraction type, you know, bring more tourism to Polk, whether that's 
hotel night stays or if somebody can't afford seven days of Disney tickets, then, hey, maybe we're the affordable day where people drive over from Orlando, mm-hmm. learn a little bit about nature, enjoy the park, and then head back, you know. I would love to see, you know, Bonner Springs Park be able to put a little more Lakeland on the map so mm-hmm. the people are driving between uh, Tampa and Orlando. We'll stop in for a visit and learn what Lakeland's all about. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, because you are downtown adjacent and some of the the, the other activities with uh, hopefully the, the construction and the new development that's going to happen on the Lake Wire property uh, or the old Florida Tile property, as, as most of us know it, um, will certainly affect uh, that is in downtown. So, uh, but yeah, we look forward to having a great relationship with the park and figuring out how we're going to get people back and forth from the park to downtown. So we have lots to figure out in the future. Uh, but thank you, Josh, for being my guest today. I appreciate it. And uh, if you want to learn more about the park, it's Bonnet Springs Park. Park. Uh, dot com. Com. I yes. lost the park. <laughs> Bonnet Springs Park.com. Thanks, Josh, and uh, let's uh, hope everyone will tune in next week. See you on Tuesday. Thanks for having me.